Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to SSPN Live. Jude here, Ethan to the left of me i think that's what it'll look like on people's screens no it'll be to the right of them but like the left of me if you're looking at me i don't know it's from the left right now from my perspective but regardless ethan it happened we we didn't think Mm -hmm. it would happen we thought there was maybe a slight little chance and guess what we splashed it dejounte murray is an NBA all-star. Even if it's an injury replacement, he's yeah, I was still, about to say, did it happen? <laughs> he is still an all-star. Um, and it's kind of funny with, uh, I don't know if you saw NBA on TNT, they had Draymond on the uh, inside the NBA. Yeah. And they were like, who do you think is going to replace you since you're not playing? And he was like, DeJounte Murray. And they were like, Carl Anthony Towns immediately after. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of good to see with all the NBA giving him uh, a bunch of love. Uh, we saw even more of it today when the announcement happened. Ethan, I know it's because of injury replacement, but what are your thoughts on DJ being named All-Star? Well, it is because of injury replacement, but it is also because he's having an All-Star caliber season at the same time. I know our record isn't where we want it to be, and that's why he wasn't selected by fans and coaches um, prior to this. But that doesn't sell short his statistics, which are impeccable. I think it's 29 and 8 as of right now, or like 19, 9 and 8, whatever it may be. Efficient scoring season for him, by far his best of his career. And defensively, we know what he is. He's leading the league in steals per game. And I think steals overall as well. And really holding down the entire organization that is the San Antonio Spurs. Without him, our team would not be, I know we're not in a great spot anyway, but we would be even worse like imagine how bad we would be if we didn't have DeJounte Murray so a very deserving nod to him I hope he can go out there and and just show a few highlights maybe maybe cool cool passes you know you never know Uh, but I'm glad San Antonio will be represented come all-star weekend yeah another crazy stat about DeJounte this year when you look at his stat line is he's fourth in the league right now in assists yes that's like that's crazy to think about like if we take you guys on a field trip back to DeJounte Murray's draft profile it was like oh he's like a bigger Tony Parker (laughs) like that was exactly what we thought he was going to be and now here he is in I guess I don't know what year this is for him five year five and he Mm -hmm. is top five in assists he's evolved in that point guard role as well as getting better at all of the things that he was already good at so i mean hey look you're next to Lamelo ball these dudes mm-hmm. are both all-stars in my opinion i know that there's not enough spots for them to get in with the injury replacement but to me these two dudes are complete studs they deserve to be there and i'm glad that they get to be there in this instance so we'd love to see it from dj Definitely well-deserved, having the season of his career. And like you said, I think the most important and probably the biggest argument for DeJounte is despite the Spurs' struggles this season, we would be a lottery team if it wasn't for DeJounte. So shout out Noah Perez in the chat. I know a lot of Spurs fans around San Antonio very happy today hearing the news that DeJounte Murray is an all-star. I'm hoping somebody else can join him, not for the All-Star game, but for the three-point contest or the dunk contest. We have a few great three-point shooters, Jude. Maybe Dougie McBuckets will get in. Maybe Keldon Johnson, who's, I think, second right now still in three-point percentage. Um, I'm crossing my fingers. I really really don't want DJ to be alone. 
Yep. And hey, shout out to Eric Piscina. Only took four years. Hard work, work mm. hard. That's a great way to put it. Uh, you know, speaking of that and speaking of having somebody else in the all-star thing, this is another one where if you look back and it's not all stats. We know this. We talk about this on the show a lot. But when you put the tape of Devin Vassell together and his stats and you compare them to some of the guys that made that Rising Stars game, that one also really kind of feels like a snub. I believe that like they named like four, there are four or five players that I saw in a tweet where he was averaging like just as many boards as them and was averaging like two or three more points than them. And like all those other dudes made it. Granted, there were some guys like Isaiah Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember some other ones, but like people who have gotten a little bit more media attention this year than Vassell, which makes sense a little bit. But that's one that when you look back on it, it's like, man, that's somebody who really should have been there to kind of pair with DJ. Yeah. But there's still hope, like you said, with Dougie McBuckets and Keldon. I feel like the Rising Stars game, even more so than the All-Star game, is such a popularity contest. It's like, I don't care how good you're playing. If you were a top 10 pick. Did or you, you fight some, LeBron? Yeah, did you have <laughs> did you have some highlights in college or something? Do we know your name? Then you're going to get in. That's why, like, I know Keldon was deserving last year as a sophomore. But at the same time, it's like, oh, everyone knows the name Keldon Johnson. So he's going to get the nod. Unfortunately, Devin's name right now doesn't have the same you know, sex appeal as some other names. I'm sorry to use that. <laughs> that way. Hey, we it, feel you. We feel yeah. you. <laughs> it's unfortunate because he's having a great year for sure. Yeah, definitely. Josh Lope, 16 in the chat saying DJ getting the respect he deserves. We mm-hmm. love to see it. Eric Piscina also saying that while that does sting for Devin Vassell uh, in his voice or in the pop voice, he needs to bring the nasty oh, yeah. from now on, which and hey, he is. He has been. He He has that dog in him. And if he can just keep, you know, using this as like something he can use in his brain, kind of like Joey B right now, Mm. you know, proving all the naysayers wrong, keeping a tape in your head of them, you know, you don't want to get consumed by it, but it is a good way for motivation if you use it the right way. So for sure, we would love to see it. Looks like we got a little comment here from Troy Mendoza. What's up, SSPN, Go Spurs, Go. Do y'all think we could see a double big at the four and five like a Duncan Robinson type lineup. When I first read that, yeah, I, read that as, I, yeah. I thought of like Duncan Robinson on the heat, but now yeah, I too. see what he's saying. Okay. So this is a very intriguing question, Troy, because obviously Zach Collins is coming back and we'll get into it a little bit later on the show. Um, if there's a move made for a big for San Antonio, which that seems like what all the rumors are swirling around right now, specifically one in particular that we'll get into a little bit later. Um, I feel like this could be a possibility, but until that move is made, I don't think it's going to be. I think we saw in the last game, it is just one game, but it kind of makes sense that Zach is off the bench and they kind of just run everything else with basically, you know, mobile wings like Keita Bates Diop. He came into the league is really a three. Obviously now with the way the league is trended, he's more of a four, but it seems like they're really kind of just having one center type player yeah. and then playing a bunch of guards slash uh, wings around him. It really depends on two things. One, the matchup. If we're playing, like they said in the, in the comments, the Cavs, then sure, because we have to be able to stop the combination of Lori Markinen and Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen playing the three four five. Plus they have Kevin Love coming in um, as that six-man role. Uh, and then also, you know, Zach's, Played great in his first game back. I like what I saw. But at the same time, we haven't really seen what he can do as far as guarding perimeter dudes. And unfortunately, in this era, you have to, if you're going to play two bigs, at least one of them is going to have to be able to guard somebody on a switch. 
You know what I mean? Like Evan Mobley with the Cavs, he can guard somebody at least, you know, p- pretty well along yeah. the perimeter. Jared Allen, maybe so-so. But, you know, we, we if we if we do do that, we have to make sure that he's athletic enough and, you know, comfortable enough with his, you know, coming back from injury to be able to accomplish that thing. But I agree with you, Jude. For now, I think we're going to just probably roll with him off the bench. Yeah. So once again, kind of goes with that trade deadline. And I feel like it also depends on the matchup too, kind of yeah. like you mentioned where there's unique matchups, like with the Cavs, where you're going to have somebody like Evan Mobley, who is somebody who can play center, but he's got the skills to like take yeah. you off the dribble if he wants to. But then say you're playing a team like the Pacers where obviously, I mean, we'll, we'll see how long this tandem lasts. Um, yeah. But still just for the sake of this example, Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis, that would be a lineup where you could probably play Zach, uh, at the four a little bit more comfortably if that makes yeah. sense so I think there's a chance um we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to see what happens uh with this and with Jock Landale if they end up moving him to the four specifically I was about to say I think it's more likely in the at least in the near distant that how do I put this in the short term <laughs> that we will see a big like a double big lineup off the bench I would like like Jacques and Zach together I feel like is a more likely thing um than Zach with Jakob, unfortunately, because I'd like to see that, but I don't, I don't, I'm not entirely sure it would work at this point. I need to see more from Zach. Yeah, we've only seen him for 13 minutes. We liked it, but it yeah. was also against the Rockets. So for 13 we'll, minutes. we'll learn a little bit more on this rodeo road trip, which we'll get into a little bit later. But just to kind of top off this conversation here, Troy was also saying that he really thinks that if we put in Yak and Jock, I'm pretty sure that's what he means right here, uh, that would be something that he'd like to see. Um, and once again, that kind of goes in with the thing I've been talking about and that we've been talking about since the ESPN Australia interview, seeing Jock at the four. So, but uh, you know, like you've mentioned, we kind of maybe that won't happen until next year, depending on you know how, where he can get his speed up to. Uh, playing on the perimeter more because we've seen some defensive struggles this year from Jock Landale, but still a ton of upside and it's just his rookie season and we got him for another year. So mm-hmm. we'll get to watch that. Um, okay, Greg, Greg, that we got to talk about this. Uh, we need a moment of silence for you. Good is backup center. You is in Drew Eubanks. It's tough because he plays the best basketball of his career. And then Zach Collins is available and yep. that's it. Yep. Wraps. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunate. Thank you for your time, Drew. And you will, I will, I would love to have you as that fourth string center. <laughs> like, stay here. I honestly, I don't think, uh, maybe he could get a, he could probably get some kind of bag from somebody, but I think we need I to take know. the moment of silence. Yeah, let's do it. All right, there we go. Shout out to Drew. You're still up here. I still yep. have your signed poster. I won't pull it down right now because I'm going to try to keep the episode going, but. OGs know, and they've seen it before. Ruben, what's up to you in the comments? Uh, Alex, we appreciate you being in here as well. Um, and then Eric is asking about Lonnie. I That was something that I was interested in too. Honestly, I was just like, we're giving him Primo's minutes. So I didn't really ask too many questions. Yeah. I was like, okay, I don't really care. But he wasn't there. So I didn't that even was, notice that. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he wasn't. But this is a great question because he wasn't even on the bench. Like, so major wakanda says he was injured okay that's probably why that would that would make sense i didn't read the injury report so there you go that's that's on us so he is injured but 
I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate too much, but we'll get into the trades a little bit later. That could be somebody that we could potentially move. And it's like, oh, my God. I just I love what Primo brings to the table. I just I think that he's better than him. Like defensively, he is off. Yeah. Way above what I thought he would be Mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. And it's like even if he's not necessarily like he doesn't have as much experience as him right now. It's just like long term and what you see in him. It just feels like there's so much more potential. But Victor Mata also saying that Lonnie's dealing with a leg issue. So that is what's happening over there. Um, Million, we appreciate you being in here. Yes, shout out to DeJounte. Um, And yeah, as Abdi says, it's very odd that we're getting a five-day break from Spurs basketball. So this is the perfect time to talk about what's coming up next. Have a withdrawals. And that is the rodeo road trip. So Ethan, if you want to go on this rodeo road trip kind of virtually (laughs) we can go ahead and head and look through these games and see what the spurs have coming up for them as i pull up the schedule here i think we got Cavs first speaking of that possible double big lineup yes yes we do and that will be this wednesday yes um at 6 30 and then looking forward at the rest of the schedule well here before we get into the rest of the schedule um, what do you think of that Cleveland game on Wednesday? It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough because they are playing really well and they have a lot of confidence for a young team that is way more athletic than we are overall, I feel like, especially since they're so big. They have so many bigs they can throw at us. But now that we have Zach Collins, we might be able to throw something back at them. Um, I'm just going to be interested in watching the Yaka versus Jarrett Allen um, battle that's going to be a fun one to watch uh it could go either way really i don't want to give Ooh, man i'll pick spurs i'm gonna pick spurs okay i I think that's a game that the spurs could win too but i'm looking at the stats right here just a reminder for everybody it's not the old calves this is the four seed calves (laughs) who are ahead of the sixers right now um and just one game behind the Milwaukee Bucks. And they're actually, they're a half a game behind the Bucks and the Bulls for the two seed in the East. Granted, it's very fluid right now. Like anybody could move up depending on how games go. But the Cavs are 17 and 9 at home. So that tends to be where they play better. It's going to be a tough test for the Spurs, but I definitely agree with you, Ethan. Well, I don't know necessarily if they're going to win, but I think that this is a winnable game for the Spurs. We can surprise them for sure. You know, we have Pop. He's dealt with young teams before. They might be thinking, oh, it's just the the crappy old Spurs. All they have is DeJounte Murray. And maybe Doug McDermott goes off. He's been playing better. Maybe Devin Vassell goes off. Who knows? Um, I think we could definitely surprise him if we execute offensively. Absolutely. Abdi mentioning, like you said, you know, this could be potentially where we see a two-big lineup. This would be the game. Um, But... (laughs) Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. As Greg says, it could turn into poor Jakob facing the Twin Towers, just whispering, please help me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is a good way to put it because we've seen that many times this year when we're playing teams that go big. Luckily, we have a little bit more help, but I, like I said earlier, I feel like we're going to end up sticking with probably just Jakob and then Jakob and Zach rotating them in and out and then playing KBD at the four off the bench and dug at the four in the starting lineup. But um, let's go ahead and move on to the next game on the rodeo road trip. We're going to go at Atlanta. 
So that's going to be another tough one. I forget mm. what the result of their game last night was against the Mavs. Okay, so they ended up losing that game. That was actually a really crazy game because Luka and Jalen Brunson got five fouls like midway through the third quarter. So I want to wow. say Luka got it pretty early. So like it was kind of the Mavs bench. Believe it or not, it was Trey Burke. If y'all remember him. Yeah. <laughs> Trey Burke going full Michigan there for a little bit, trying to keep him in them, get him Good in the game him. hitting threes. So that was a that was a loss there uh, for the Hawks. And the Hawks are actually 25 and 28. It's so crazy because if you would have asked me which team was going to be better, the Cavs or the Hawks coming into the year, I would have gone Hawks all the way. Yeah. Um, but they're having some struggles, but still just because they have struggles doesn't mean they have talent. I honestly would give the Spurs a better chance of winning uh, that Cavs game than this one almost, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, I, I would take the Hawks in the second one. Yeah. I was there when we played them in San Antonio, and it was close for like two quarters, and then they just have a lot of shooters, man, and we could not rotate out to them. Our defensive rotations were abysmal. That was the game where Bryn Forbes, I think, led us in scoring with like 29 like he went crazy that game, but everybody else was just super cold. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Atlanta here. I'm going to roll with Atlanta here most likely too, but this is another thing is this is another winnable game for the Spurs. The mm-hmm. Hawks are definitely, this is the part of the year where they're going to really have to turn things up if they want to kind of salvage where they're at, but they yeah. may be having some potential moves uh, incoming, maybe even with San Antonio. Um but we'll have to keep monitoring that, monitoring that situation, but that will still be a tough one for the Spurs, for sure. Getting back to the next game on the rodeo road trip, then the Spurs will go down to New Orleans and play the Pelicans, and they're about the right at the same area as the Spurs. I want to say they're about like a half game apart right now. Um, I don't have the standings up exactly, but they're right in that kind of play-in range. I believe they were a, a game ahead of the Spurs the last time I checked. Um, what do you think of this one, Ethan? I'm going to go Spurs. This just feels like one of those games that we surprisingly punch them right in the mouth and get a nice blowout win. Well, they are exactly a game ahead of us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or actually, they're a game and a half ahead of us, technically. I'm going to pull up the standings here, and they are in that 10 seed for the playoff spot. The Trailblazers are right in between the Spurs right now at 21, 30, 21 and 33. The Spurs are at 20 and 34, and the Pelicans are at 21 and 32. But throughout the year, we've kind of talked about the play-in possibility. Uh, getting a win against the Pelicans would be uh, a big win for the prospects of that happening. I think that this is one that the Spurs will win too. And I don't think that this Spurs team just wants to pack it up and go home. I think they want to try to get in the play in. And I think they'll know that in this game. Um, so I'm with you. I, I think that this will be the first one that I'll be like, Hey, they're going to get a win there. My yeah. prediction. And then DeMar had his home homecoming and now we got to go to his new home. <sighs> They'll go play the Chicago Bulls after that, Um, and that'll be on NBA TV. So, I mean, you know, the Spurs don't get a lot of national TV, Mm -mm. and this isn't really national TV, but if for some reason you're out there and you have NBA TV, uh, this is a game that you can watch on there. I have a a feeling I feel like Chicago is going to get this one back, Ethan. What do you think? I got Chicago too, but I do think it's going to be close. Um, I think DJ being an all-star rejuvenated, going back to play DeMar, somebody that it was his role model in Chicago. I think once again, it'll be a nice close battle, especially if Lonzo isn't back. I, don't, I have no idea what his injury report is, but um, 
if it's the same rosters playing each other as last time, it'll be a close game. But Chicago's just, in my opinion, better. And if they're at home, they're going to close it out. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and look at their injury report as of right now. So, yeah, uh, Lonzo Ball is still out. Um, he is now walking without the aid of crutches, but it's trending toward a mid to late late March return for the yeah. Bulls. Um, I thought so. And it looks like Patrick Williams will still be out. Um, he'll probably both of those guys will probably be back by the playoffs, but not for this game. So I agree with you. I think it's still going to be a close one for sure, just because you know when you're playing Big Brother, it's there's always yeah, there, you always got a little extra motivation. Um, I mean, it's not even just Big Brother; it's like a mentor, you know. Yeah. So they're definitely going to come out ready to play in that one. But I, I got to roll with you. I think that the Bulls will end up pulling that one out. Also, I know I saw a lot of comments already right now. We're going to get to that, but we're just going to go ahead and roll through the rest of these games uh, just to wrap up the segment here. So after Chicago, they'll go on the road and play Oklahoma City. What do you think, Ethan? Dubs. I agree with you there. No, I mean, it, that's a game that you should win. Yes. <laughs> and there's not a lot of teams that you can say that for with the Spurs, but that's one that you should win. But Shea Gilgis, man, they, they beat us earlier this year. If we let Shea Gilgis and Lou Dort do their thing, uh, it's going to be a problem. But also another kind of theme here throughout all of this, Ethan, we're going to be learning a lot about Zach Collins in all mm-hmm. of these games because it's not going to be Houston anymore. And we're going to be learning about his effect on the team overall and maybe stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet as he plays more. So that's probably my biggest storyline. Yeah, um, for sure. That I'm kind of watching through all of these games. But after Oklahoma City, they go and play Washington. I know that right now with Washington, this is like the first time in Bradley Beal's career where he's been open to a trade. Um so I feel like this is a game that maybe the Spurs could take. What do you think, Ethan? I'm still gonna roll with the Wizards. Okay. I just think they're a really deep team, and they've been playing really great basketball this season. They're at home. Uh, I, I just don't know if the Spurs have. If, if Bradley Beal's playing, obviously, I think Bradley they're gonna they're gonna win. They have Bradley Beal. I know Kyle Kuzma's been having a great year. Spencer Dinwiddie, Montrez Harrell. You know, it, it's a tough game. I think they're gonna they have enough firepower to pull it out. Well, interesting story because Bradley Beal did meet with a specialist regarding his injured left wrist uh, on February 1st, and he was going to be reevaluated in one week. So that's tomorrow. Um, So probably he's going to be back by then, but watch the trade market with him as well, Mm -hmm. because if there's a big move made, um, it's probably still not going to be the easiest of games, um, but it may be a team that um, is you know still building their chemistry together if a blockbuster deal is made, but that Pop I likes think, his girth. <laughs> he does. He does like Brad's thickness. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Pops into that. <laughs> Anyways, um, so twenty four and twenty eight, the Wizards are right now. Uh, I think that that's that's going to be a tough one for the Spurs, but still still winnable. Kind of like uh, similar to the New Orleans game, but a little bit a little bit uh, of a level up, if you will. But Getting back to the schedule, after Washington, uh, the Spurs will enter their final two games of the rodeo road trip against some tough teams. First off, it's going to be Miami. Blowout loss. Blowout loss. We're going to get demolished. The Heat. The Heat, ironically, are hot right now. 34 and 20. Uh, They're at the top of the East. And here's the thing. They're 16 and 14 on the road, and they're 18 and 6 at home. So that's where they're the hottest. We're going to be playing them there. 
it's yeah unfortunately it look just just be glad that it's not the heatles you know we can appreciate this homegrown jimmy butler team uh tom ball native if y'all didn't know that then the spurs after that one i agree with you just to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. uh the spurs will have another tough one but i think that this one will be a little bit more competitive but still a dogfight. Uh, they'll go play the Memphis Grizzlies to end off the rodeo road trip. Memphis is going to win, but DeJounte is going to show out, and it's going to be a really fun matchup to watch him go at Jaw, Jaw go at DeJounte. Um, but I think Memphis will win comfortably. Not a blowout, but a comfortable, you know, they're going to pull it out in the fourth quarter, probably win by 10 points or so. See, this is one where, I mean, I can, I can see what you're saying, but I think that the Spurs are going to pull out one of these last two games against Memphis just with the way that last game went they're gonna Mm -hmm. they're gonna find a way to win one of those games just because also I feel like even when Memphis was bad and San Antonio was better those games are just always close obviously we had the playoff series with the grit and grind Grizzlies but I think just that like small market mentality like even though like I think both franchises kind of admire each other obviously especially now with Taylor Jenkins uh at the helm over there in Memphis but even before then both teams kind of related to each other just because of you know being small market teams that had to find a way to win and get stars um I just think these games are always close and fun to watch so I'm gonna actually say that they pull this one out they get a little revenge uh but I don't think that they're gonna sweep them for the rest of the year so if they don't win in at the end of this rodeo road trip they'll win at home on wednesday march 30th but i'm gonna say that they win on this road trip and then drop it later in the year but i completely understand where you're coming from ethan memphis as of right now let's see where let me they see. are hot man yeah they're they're just they're like they so were, fun to watch they're yeah. 37 and 18 where are they at in the complete standings they're third in the west um the third best record in the nba I mean, the way that that team has, I mean, they're the model for like how you can build, you know, a team in a small market through the draft and through free agency. They've just done such a great job. I know that this is a Spurs show, but uh, I really admire what what the Grizzlies do. I love Uh, how they still have the mindset of the grit and grind Grizzlies, even though they're like so much more athletic and so much more run and gun. They still have that like dog and they talk trash to lebron james desmond bain going yeah. at lebron james like it's just so much fun to watch i love it yeah and i think that's that's the one solace it's like even if we lose these tough games to the grizzlies you can probably enjoy watching you know mm-hmm. watching them and losing to them more than yeah. more than other games but anyways that wraps up the rodeo road trip um so there will be some tough games on there a lot of tough games honestly mm-hmm. but some winnable ones as well Hopefully the Spurs can do their thing on the rodeo road trip and, you know, come out with around 500, something like that. Uh, I think winning four four or five of those games is a a good goal. And maybe if they go even crazier, um, that would be that would be awesome, too. But it'll be it'll be a long road trip for the Spurs as usual. Um, Any any final thoughts on the rodeo road trip? Let's see what Zach's got in the bag. Yes, we are definitely going to learn a lot about Zach Collins. But before we get into Zach Collins' debut, we referenced it a little bit earlier on the show with a lot of these teams. There's a lot of trade news swirling, and there's a lot of trade news swirling even more with the Spurs. Ironically, there was something that came out from Mark Stein. The Spurs aren't talking about Thad Young with anybody about anything at all (laughs) as of right now which isn't something that was expected but you know we talked about the potential of a buyout we could see that maybe this means that they're just gonna keep him 
you know, throughout the rest of his contract. He's a great locker room guy, a great mentor for the young guys. There's nothing really, it's not like we're winning a championship. So there's nothing really wrong with keeping him around, just paying him the salary. He can, you know, especially with injuries, you never know what could happen. He's a competent player who can just kind of come in and fit with whoever. Um, but the news that has been swirling is something that we made a video about a little while ago. And that is the prospect of DeMontis Sabonis. And there is also a little bit of smoke on Miles Turner uh, coming to the Spurs, possibly. Um, I forget where I saw it, but somewhere on Twitter. I know that that's not the most reliable thing, but this is like actually reliable news, even though I'm not <laughs> referencing what it was. My mom um, told me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, Over breakfast. There is a lot of interest in those two bigs specifically with San Antonio. And I feel like that this year is going to be the chance. Like this is going to be the year where there's actually the highest chance of the Spurs making a move. Am I crazy to think that, Ethan? Or do you think there's a little bit more this year? Even though most likely they'll probably do nothing. You're not crazy. In years past, (laughs) there was 0.01% chance that we made a move this year. I think there's a 5% chance we make a move. So a considerable difference, but I still doubt it happens. Um, but at the very least, we know that we're trying. We're, you know, we're, we're fielding calls. We're taking calls. We're, we're, we're out there. We're, we're making moves at the very least. We're not being completely absent from the trade you know, rumors, which is nice to see as a San Antonio Spurs fan. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, like you said, because it hasn't happened before, mm-hmm. it, we all have a little bit of apprehensiveness. But kind of like Eric said when I pulled up his comments, it's in the wind. It kind of feels like it. But I don't know. Maybe we're just people talking on an internet show that don't know anything and could be completely wrong. But Isn't the I'm going to say it is. No, you're yeah. good. Yeah, it's in like a week, I'm pretty sure. I want to say it's February 13th. I'm going to look that up just to be sure. But the 10th, it's Thursday. Okay, so we got so, two days. So a lot closer than we thought. Um, I guess we can just talk about the DeMontis Simonis thing because that's really what's been floating around everything. Um, mm-hmm. And in the winds, there's been a couple trade um, mock trades, and this is more just like people speculating, but trying to make it as realistic as possible. Uh, if that were to happen, it seems like Jakob would definitely have to be included with the year that he's having. Um, yeah. You might have to give another first-round pick. I've seen a 2025 first-rounder from Chicago that we got in the DeMar DeRozan trade. I would be cool with sending that over uh, and keeping ours if possible. Um, but it feels like there's probably going to be have to have to have something a little bit extra to give them that return. Um, for me, Ethan, that kind of goes to Lonnie Walker. That's, that's what I think initially, but... I know the Pacers are selling right now, so they're a little bit more willing to maybe not take on as much as they're getting in return because they're just trying to go like full rebuild and kind of restart um, Mm -hmm. and build through the draft, it seems. But at the same time, like, would there have to be something more like a Derek White or or something like that to to get a DeMontis Sabonis deal done? Because this is an all-star caliber player. And in that instance, we really wouldn't be sending back anything equivalent to that. If I'm the Pacers, Jakob Pertl's definite because you need at least one replacement big. And Jakob Pertl is a very good replacement big, in my opinion. Not an all-star, but a good player. Lonnie Walker, to me, is also a definite. I know we know his game, 
and we're a little unsatisfied with how he's been playing as of late. But to everyone else around the league that I talk to that's not a Spurs fan, they really like Lonnie Walker, even still. He, something about his athleticism and like the name. He's still got potential. Excited. He does. And they also just traded Karis LeVert. So they might be a little, you know, they might like to get really Lonnie Walker point. back because he kind of plays that same role. Not nearly as good, but a two that can score and create for others and is still young. To me, where I think Spurs fans are going to jump off the wagon is I think they're going to want more than just one first. I think they're going to want two. Um, and I don't know if I would do that, Jude. And honestly, it depends on which ones they want. Yeah. That's that's a very interesting point to bring up because that's kind of exactly what I was thinking. I think they were going to go to picks next. Mm-hmm. And I, it would have to be like a very, like a at least 2028, 20, I feel like. Yeah. Like it would have to be something in the future um, just because you don't want to, you know, give something up like this year or something else. It also depends. I saw somebody on Twitter say, you know, that if the Spurs don't have a top four pick, that means they're probably not going to get Paolo, Chet, or Jabari, um, which are the three best four slash This is actually a good point. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, so if we get DeMontis Sabonis – are we going to still have a top four pick technically? Probably not. We probably st- we probably won't drop all the way out of the lottery. We'll still probably be like, you know, top fifteen minimum. Yeah, and maximum. with the with the lottery, like you can move up to like even if the Spurs are in that like fourteen spot, they could end up at like nine or seven or something. Mm-hmm. So basically, it comes down to if you think the Spurs are going to have a top four pick, you don't make the trade. But if you think we're going to miss out on those top four picks, then pull pull the trigger because you're probably not going to get a big man in this draft after that that is as good as DeMontis Sabonis. And Sabonis is still relatively young, and he fits the timeline as far as DeJounte Murray's age. And if you want to throw Derek White in there, you can throw Derek White in there as well. Um, yeah, I'm not against that either. I'm, I'm, I'm not against that. Not at all. Yeah, I know that Major Wakanda is against it. He is against the 2022 first. But if this is the situation where you're not getting like a top five pick, at that point, I'd rather have DeMontis Sabonis than somebody like that. Because here's the thing about Sabonis. He's 25 or 26, I think. Point is, in that DeJounte Murray age range, and it's somebody that has been an all-star. You can pair DeJounte with an all-star big who can score at all three levels. He's probably not going to be the defensive anchor that mm-hmm. Jakob was, but he's still going to be a, an above-average defensive player. So I would be cool with this. Um, I don't know if they'd want to necessarily take back Derek in return, um, but this is definitely like kind of in the range and in the realm of something um, that I would be cool with. Now, the problem is if they ask for both, right? Because probably like what you were just saying, it would be not only just this 2022 first. Now, if they say yes just to this, you don't have to give them the Chicago 2025. I think you do it. But Mm -hmm. um, I understand some of you guys disagree. But um, ideally, I think if you could get the 2025 Chicago pick in there and kind of be like, hey, look, DeMar's going to be off contract. The Vuce Mm -hmm. is going to be off contract by then. You know, everything's going to be blown up. They're not going to be the same. They're, they're, you know, their championship window is going to be done. They're going to be rebuilding. Maybe you could market that. Um, But other than that, uh, 
I kind of lost my train of thought there. But point is, if you can if you can get the 2025 in instead of the 2022, that's what I would like. And I wouldn't mind bringing back Tory Craig. He's another kind of great locker room guy, probably a little bit more useful um, mm-hmm. than like Thad Young. I feel like he's kind of a similar. Obviously, he's a different player in that he can shoot and yeah. play the three if he wanted to. But like. He'd when probably get rotational minutes now that I think if we give him Jakob, Derek, and Lonnie, he'd probably yeah. be bench unit three mm-hmm. or even four, maybe depending on what we do. Because that, that would make our starting lineup DJ. I would put Devin at the two. You got Keldon. You got, um, I guess, Doug McDermott. And then Sabonis, which to me is so dirty when I say that out loud. That's pretty dirty. Oh, excuse me. That's pretty dirty. And then off the bench, you'd have Trey Jones, Primo, Tory Craig. Um, who, you still who have Keita Bates. Keita Bates and um, Zach, Zach Collins. Mm-hmm. Plus, after that, we would probably buy out Thad, and then you could sign Devontae Kaycock to a, a full contract. <laughs> you could, yeah. Bring him up. Absolutely. And you still got U-Goat. Yes, you do. You yeah. go next. I you think got that's, Sabonis that's, lineup. That's the that's the most that's, that's the, the most Twin Towers fact. right there. <laughs> Look, when you when you bank starts sniping threes, it's yep. over. <laughs> yep. Okay, so we, we got a little bit of other conversation um, in here. So what Alex said is we should give the pick in a trade for Sabonis because even now I don't think we're going to get a top five pick. That was mm-hmm. kind of my reasoning as well, Alex. Yep. Um, Mace says that a Sabonis DJ combo would be playoffs. I, th- I don't know. I, I, don't, so. I don't know this year just because of the hole that we're in right now. I think definitely there's a chance to get into that plan. Um, but I think that next year, this is definitely a possibility. I think that there's still going to, you know, there's going to be need to be jumps yeah. uh, around the roster. You know, Devin's going to have to continue improving. Keldon's going to have to continue improving. And that kind of leads me in to this next comment, um, which here's the thing with major Wakanda. He says, if you're sold on Primo being a superstar, then I get it. But he says Sabonis plus DJ isn't contending, which I think is reasonable. Like just those two guys to say, it's not contending for a championship, um, is definitely reasonable. Um, and we would still need our superstar in my opinion. So here's the one thing that I'll, I'll just counter there, uh, major is that I think with DeJounte Murray, I mean, look, maybe he's hit his ceiling, but everything that he's shown us throughout his entire career is that he gets a little bit better every single year. So because I haven't seen him not do that, I'm going to say that he could potentially be the superstar. I know that sounds crazy because it's like, you know, there's still a lot of areas where he needs to get better, but I mean, he hasn't even really entered his prime yet and he's already playing like, like an all-star he's already almost averaging a triple double. So, you know, coming into this year, you said, Hey, if he can just get to 27 and seven or 28 and eight, I forget what you said. That'd be great. He's doing that. Essentially he's at 19.6. So I know it's not 20, but y'all know what I mean. Um, and if he continues to do that, just one or two points better, that would mean next year he'd be averaging a triple double. Now, the one thing is too, if you add Sabonis in, maybe those stats aren't exactly the same just because Sabonis will probably take away a little bit of that scoring and and rebounding. Um, But the playmaking doesn't go anywhere. And that was something we touched on earlier. So um, I think that DeJounte can still evolve, but I also understand where you're saying that like you need that third piece still for sure. Mm -hmm. And then we still haven't talked about free agency. I know this trade will bring Sabonis' contract over, but we're dumping Derek's. We won't have to pay Lonnie. And we're dumping Jakobs. So we would still have probably one of the most, if not the most, cap space, 
you know, to go after some free agent targets. I know that I was just looking at them. They're not that many sexy picks necessarily, but we could do what we kind of did this past offseason and get some role players, maybe package them for somebody at the deadline again. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we're, you know, at the very minimum, if we have the lineup that we mentioned a few seconds ago, a few minutes ago, that's definitely a playoff team, in my opinion, for sure. Especially once they get another offseason under their belt with Devin's yeah. improvement and Kelvin's improvement, Keldon's improvement. You know, already we're making jumps, but then we go get somebody like a, I'm just going to name a name on here, a Joe Ingles or a, <laughs> I'm just, I'm literally just naming names. I have no idea if we would actually go after these guys, a Kyle Anderson, uh, a PJ Tucker, you know, just, just role players that can kind of fit some holes. And you never know. You know, nobody thought Miami would make it to the finals a couple of years ago, and they did. Yeah. And because they went and got Jimmy Butler, who was at the time what people thought was like a, a fringe all-star player. which is And, what and at was. the time, they also thought that he was a locker room killer. Yes. When it was like, no, Minnesota just wasn't accountable. Anyways, I, that's my rant there on Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler, but. Yes, yes, <laughs> heard, heard. But I don't think, how do I put this? Long term, if we make that trade that we just discussed for Sabonis, I don't think we are worse off than where we would be if we did absolutely nothing um, by the trade deadline. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, we may be able to get away with not sending Derek White. Um, And that's one of the things that Yoga mentioned. He doesn't think that we should trade Derek White at all this season. I'm not opposed to that because I know that he's been struggling this year, but what he brings on defense every single night is just so invaluable. And that would be a lot to replace. Um, and that's, that's where another thing too, there, there has been, even though I, we just mentioned earlier <laughs> that Mark Stein said there's been no talk around Thad Young, um, at least in discussions for a trade, we know for sure that there is interest around the league in Thad Young. And I think he's played in Indiana before. So maybe that's a place where maybe we could throw him in there. And that's something that they'd be willing to take on. Um, instead of a Derek White, it'd be a little bit cheaper and it'd be an expiring deal um, that would make the money work. Yeah, obviously, definitely not the same caliber of player. But if they're trying to go into a rebuild, um, that would be somebody who you could get in the locker room, knows Indiana and can kind of hold down the rest of the season for him. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was uh, I forget who said that somebody was saying something about Jakob and um, and Thad in the trade. I believe it was Mace. Um, But. That is something that you can definitely watch for the Spurs. But, you know, I feel like with our luck, <laughs> they're going to do nothing, even though we've been hearing about mm-hmm. this the most. But that would be a dream scenario, man. I would really like the Spurs to make a move for Sabonis. I feel like that would I, – I, he's a yeah. – I mean, he just checks all the boxes, like, Spurs-wise, you know? Yeah, I agree. And Dylan just says something real quick. If you want to pull that comment yes. up, yes, Sabonis is basically the same as a prime LA. I think it will be a huge mistake to grab him over Turner. We need an elite paint defense to truly contend in the playoffs. Two points here that I, I agree with one. I disagree with the other. I agree that yes, we 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 would need some elite paint defense to truly contend in the playoffs, but I don't think Sabonis is the same as prime LA. Um, Sabonis yeah. doesn't shoot fadeaway jumpers, mid range jumpers, or threes. He's really just a low post scorer, and he's a way better playmaker, in my opinion. He can make plays out of the post that L.A. never really could because L.A. was really a scorer first and foremost, and it was Timmy and Tony and Manu that made the plays for him to get the basketball. I kind of understand what you're saying in the sense that you know it would be our first 
big lunge for an all-star caliber player since LaMarcus Aldridge, and that didn't really work out for us. Um, but I think they're just different players. I also, I, I don't know if this is a bad take, Jude, but I think Sabonis is a better defender than LaMarcus Aldridge as far as paint defense goes. Yeah, definitely with his physicality and just in general, the more that I think about, yeah. I'm thinking about all the plays where, I mean, look, like LaMarcus had some good blocks and he definitely oh, yeah. got d- better on defense during his time in San Antonio, which mm-hmm. is another point that I would make on this comment. Um, while once again, agree, you need elite paint defense to truly contend in the playoffs. Um, DeMontis Sabonis has a solid foundation and I feel like coming to San Antonio he would get better on defense just like we saw with DeMar DeRozan just like we've even seen with Jakob Pertl who was already known for his defense before he came to San Antonio so I think that they would utilize him and make him even better uh, in regards to that paint defense and he has the body and physicality for it and a much better rebounder like way better rebounder Mm -hmm. than LaMarcus Aldridge ever was and I'm not against Miles Turner I just the more I think about it, he's he might be a little bit better than Jakob Pertl, but not really. Like, eh, like he averages. He more can block. shoot. Like that's literally the only other thing, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe a little more athletic, but it's not a big enough difference, in my opinion, to really pull that trigger. Especially if they want a first round pick. In that case, I would just, you know, press our luck with what we're able to get in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, Another point just kind of on the Miles Turner to Montez Sabonis thing. Um, you're mentioning how while he's Sabonis is definitely not um the same shooter as Lamarcus was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he still is he's definitely he's more capable. of a pull up shooter and he's capable, exactly. More capable more so than Jakob. Yeah, yeah, more more so than Jakob, uh, for sure. Um and just in regards to Turner and Sabonis. It's kind of I think it's the passing ability that kind of separates those guys and probably the mobility on the floor. Like it seems like Turner can he he's a great he's a solid defender. Um mm-hmm. and he can defend on the perimeter. Um, but I think that Sabonis plays a little bit more out there and just a little bit of a smidge better uh in regards to perimeter to defense as well. So that's Way why I, offensively too. Yeah, that's why I'd prefer him uh over Miles Turner. I hate to do this to you, Drew, but I'm gonna no. I'm gonna give you a two minute solo act because I got to pee really really oh. bad. So I'll, oh, be, I'll be right back. No worries. All right, y'all. Well, Ethan just went on a little bit of a bathroom break. So tell me, we're gonna get to the. I see y'all are talking about Jakob and James Wiseman. I want to get to that whenever Ethan comes back. Um, but what else? What else are y'all thinking right now? While, while we wait for Ethan to get back from the from the restroom, just overall, like. We're going to talk about Zach Collins in a little bit and his debut and what we saw from him. Um, but maybe what are some some other trade rumors that y'all are hearing? And I'm just going to keep talking just so that way we keep the show going, even though I just asked y'all a question uh, and I'll wait for comments. want to say here, I'll just give some shout outs while we're at here, uh, while we're at it right now. So King J, I want to say I haven't seen you uh, in here before. Appreciate you, my guy. I'm easy. Good to see you back in here. Dion Simmons Jr. I've seen you on Twitter and I appreciate um, I believe you might follow me even if you don't. Thank you for being in here. Um, and then. Uh, Ben Simmons and Kawhi. Interesting. I haven't heard that. That's, that's another crazy thing. So this whole Ben Simmons thing, um, I think that that's something that we can talk about right now until Ethan gets back. I saw today that he might go to the nets for James Harden. Like, this is crazy, dude. I, 
obviously a lot of people didn't know what was going to happen with him. It's like he's been on the trade block since the summer and still nothing's happened because Daryl, uh, Daryl Morey, excuse me, not Daryl Murray, uh, Daryl Morey has just refused to take anything less than a star caliber player. And maybe it's going to work out for him and get him to reunite with, um, James Harden in Philadelphia. I was just talking about the Ben Simmons to Nets rumors, Ethan. What mm-hmm. do you think about that? Because that's just crazy to me. Like that was the last thing I would have expected. Ben Simmons Nets. Ooh, I don't For think James Harden. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think Brooklyn's gonna pull the trigger. Um, because they I feel like they still think when Kevin Durant comes back, and deservedly so, they think that they can still win a championship um this season, despite being, I think, the seventh seed right now. Um, but I would not be surprised at all if in the offseason James Harden decided to go team up with Joel Embiid because he will be a free agent. That, I think, is absolutely going to happen. <laughs> Mace, I like your comment here. And yes, I'm glad you brought this up, MEZ, because, yeah, Steve Nash said, look, we're not trading James Harden. And I don't blame him. Like, look, dude, it's going to, they're going to make it work. Like, there's no way they don't make it work. You have too much talent. If you look at where you were last year, I think it's personally, if I'm in the net shoes, I'm like, look, we're winning the title if James Harden doesn't get hurt. So, and, and, you know, on top of all the Kyrie stuff as well. So I think that when Steve Nash said this, I don't think that he was capping. Maybe we'll be proven wrong, but I'm with you. But anyways, getting back to what I was going to talk to, talk to you about before took a little restroom break was <laughs> i didn't mean that to sound condescending i felt like it did <laughs> what did and what did i say by the way and easy said i need to come up with a better phrase i don't know i think he said like you're gonna give me like a two little two minute little solo thing something like that i don't know did i say piss maybe i don't know uh, i don't think so i don't think you did <laughs> but re- regardless this is what i wanted to talk about so Apparently, there's major Wakanda talking about this also. There's been a lot of Warriors fans who are saying Jakob for Wiseman. So mm. I would – I just haven't – like I, I need to see him play. Like that's the only thing. It's, like obviously, it seems like the talent level is very different, like just coming out of college, right? Um, but I just I, – I need to see – like I don't want to – I don't want to get Kawhi 2.0, you know? Yeah. Uh I don't know. Isn't he hurt right now, too? That's what I'm saying. He's been hurt. He just had a surgery, and he was supposed to play this year. He was supposed to be healthy before the beginning of the year. And they didn't even, I don't don't think they released to the media that he had a surgery. No, they had one, and they found out. Yeah. So, exactly. That rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not going for it right now. If all of a sudden we start playing horribly bad and we don't make the trade for Sabonis and we're definitely going to get like a top five pick, sure. Go for it. Pull the trigger. Might as well. Let's see what happens. But as of right now, I'm not too keen. I just got Kawhi PTSD. And so I don't think I can say yes right now. And maybe that's the wrong thing to say. And in three years when he's an all-star playing like a number one pick or number two pick or whatever he was, um, we'll be eating our words. But but I can't can't do it um, as of right now. I'm with you. Okay. Let's see. Well, the, um, I don't know what I'm, I'm just looking at comments here and I, I love the conversation y'all are having. You said, I have to go pee. That's what you said. Okay. Uh, so yes, maybe, to to the point. maybe just, uh, you, I have to the squeeze the lemon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have to unfurl the dragon. Yeah. And like so unfurl. 
I like that one too. So here's what Alex says about this. He says he prefers Jakob because of the chemistry and Wiseman can be a risk and defense as well. Um, and King J doesn't want to trade his seven footer. He wants the Spurs to keep as many as possible. I respect that. I really do. I know that we may disagree a little bit on the, um, on, on the DeMontis Sabonis thing, but Hey, he's six eleven. He, he's close. All right. Yeah. He's very close. And speaking of somebody else that is six eleven, who made his debut recently, Zach Collins. We've been talking about him a little bit. We talked about how it's going to be a theme through the rodeo road trip. We're really going to be watching him. But we got to actually see him in the Rockets game. Did you watch that game live? I did. I did, I did. as well. So tell me, what, what are your thoughts on the first 13 minutes from Zach Collins? Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of rust. He's going to have to get used to a few things. He's going to have to get used to playing with his new teammates in a different system. All of those things are growing pains. They are all true. But I thought he looked very good for someone coming back after t- missing two years of basketball. He... Yeah, he did. He looks solid. It's a great way and simple way of putting exactly what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> he scored relatively easily, I thought. He didn't look like he was forcing anything, which is a great sign. Uh, his mobility looked good. I know he got like dropped a couple times by um, who, who who was it that he was trying to defend? Uh, might have been Christian Wood. No, no, it was it was Alperin Sangoon. Alperin Sangoon hit him with a couple of Hakeem Olajuwon posts. Uh, post spins which really dropped him to his knees but that's bound to happen um he looked aggressive he looked physical he didn't look timid and yeah he he showed a lot of versatility so i was very pleased with how he showed us he was definitely an improvement from both drew eubanks and Jacques landale in my opinion yeah i agree it seems like okay this this completes the team like this is what the roster was supposed to look like um the whole year um I think with Zach Collins, you know, like you said, there are the, there are the little miscues that we saw because it was his first game back. But I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. But if you watch that game, you saw the impact that he made. You mm-hmm. saw what he made, like the differences in the way that the defense played us was, in my opinion, it opened up the offense a lot more. And that also might have been a little bit of Lonnie not playing and Primo playing. I think that definitely helped it too, on top of just playing the Rockets. Um, So you don't want to take too much from it, but I think the main thing is, like you mentioned, after two years, he looked pretty solid. I mean, he came in and, like you said, he played, it was very obvious just from those minutes, even with the little mistakes that he made here and there, that that's our backup center. Like, that's yeah. who is supposed to be playing those minutes the whole year. And another thing that Eric Piscina said, which I think might be um, the the biggest notion that I mentioned, that I saw the whole game was his passing. I forget what dump off it was on like a dunk or a layup in the lane. Yeah, I know exactly I, what you're talking about. Yeah, I forget what who it was to, but that play was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of goes with what Alex is saying right here. He heard he likes the system and that everybody on the court touches the ball. I mean, he another thing he mentioned in the little interview that he did with the Spurs before the game that they released on Twitter was talking about how, you know, he wants to just be a guy that brings in a lot of energy, you know, brings a little bit of that dog. We've seen the fights that he's had uh, back in his trailblazer days, you know, somebody who, who will talk a little mess as well. Um, and I think that that fits the team so well on top of him being able to hit that three. I know it was just Ooh. one, but man, it was just like, okay, we have a big that he was stroking and, that thing. Jude. And we saw it with oh. jock, but we, 
<laughs> ironic there. Yeah. Um, we saw it with Jock, uh, but the defensive ability, you know, even two years off, he was just like, I, I'm not saying this to crap on Jock because I really like him and I think mm-hmm. that he can be like a part of the Spurs moving forward, but it was like light years ahead of him. And even, you know, obviously we've seen some improvements from Eubanks, but still you mm-hmm. saw the differences on defense there um, as well. So really just, I mean, like you said, there are little mistakes here and there, but overall I just loved what I saw. There was a play that I loved Jude, and I think it ended up being a foul on Zach Collins, but I just love the idea of what it was. So he was weak side guarding, I think, Sangoon, and somebody was driving left side, um, and they went all the way baseline. They beat their man. They went up for a layup, and he swatted that ball so hard off the glass, and it was a foul. But it's just like the idea. Like, you're not going to come in here. Yeah. It's, it's This ain't sweet. I like that meme right now. This this ain't sweet inside of the Spurs paint defense. Like, he was ready to hit people immediately coming off of that injury. And I love to see that from our big man. Yaka Pirtle blocks a lot of shots, but I think Yaka's more of a nice guy. Like, he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He doesn't want to hit anybody. Zach Collins was ready to hit some people, and I was very excited to see that. Definitely. Definitely. And another thing, you know, and that just kind of goes in with, like, that – that mentality that he has, mm-hmm. he just, he just, he's mean a little yep. bit. He's, he has that nasty as Eric yes. mentioned earlier. Um, but this is another great point by white dog skater here. Yeah, I did look um, that, that face up, that was another part of his offense. Then that's something that none of our bigs have that yes. he does. Um, and that's just another example of him being a versatile player, which is something Nick mentioned earlier. Um, and being a, a scorer at all three levels because he has a post game too. And he can pass out of the post, as we mentioned, just something. I mean, he, he brings something that we didn't have. I think he brings a lot of things that we didn't have, uh, from a big, so love to see it for sure. And can't wait to see, uh, how he fares on the rodeo road trip. What a way to start, to start your Spurs career on the rodeo road trip. Basically. I didn't even think about that to a team that has probably like what? Five big men, five, seven footers almost yeah. in their <laughs> roster. Oh, and yeah. don't they have taco fall too? the calves? Yeah, they might. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know he was still, I, I yeah, knew they, he got released, but I didn't know he got two way, but let's um, see. Taco fall. Okay. Yeah, he's he's not even. I think he's just in the G League at this point. Oh, so I go. think it, it was a so kind of like Kaycock, like he was on the roster earlier. But yeah, no, he's a part of the Cleveland Charge. So I guess they're not the Canton Charge anymore, uh, or maybe maybe no. I mean, Wikipedia he's turning into a Cleveland podcast may not be right. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I like it was it, it was it was a Memphis podcast for a yeah, little it was. bit there. Um, but man, Zach Collins, good debut, good debut. Hey, Jude, this is sort of off topic, but kind of on topic. But this is a good point, too. It is Houston. It is Houston. Take everything we say with a grain of salt. So <laughs> imagine we trade for Sabonis, right? Okay. He's our five for this season. Going into the offseason, we give every penny we have to DeAndre Ayton. And now we have Sabonis as our power forward and DeAndre Ayton as David Robinson 2.0 as our center. This is you think this is the plan, and then DJ. Mm-hmm. Now we got our twin towers back, plus DJ. So wait, so who is the point guard then? Was that Avery Johnson, Steve Kerr? It would have been Avery, or might have been both of them. <laughs> that might have been the starter backup. I don't know. TP played with him too, technically a young TP, but also well, no, no, he didn't play with Tim. Yeah, I guess you're right. It would have been Avery. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I'm not mad at that. Honestly, if that if that ends up what I would I would be a little bit disappointed because I would be like, dang, in two years, we're not going to be able to like Devin, Vassell, anybody, Devin yeah. Vassell, Keldon, like all these guys cool. are gone. And like, you know, whenever their rookie deals are up. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, that would be, you know, really all things considered. That'd be a really good turnaround. That'd be that'd be. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a really good turnaround. So we're going to have to see. Um it if, won't happen, but yeah, it's yeah, fun it, to think it, about. It, it <laughs> is fun to think about, but you never, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I could see the the Spurs actually giving DeAndre Ayton an offer, whether or not he accepts it, or maybe at the end of the day, Phoenix is like, we're just going to match it. Um, that's always a possibility as well, too. I believe he's a restricted free agent, right? Or is he unrestricted? Uh, I, don't, I don't think he's restricted because I think Okay, he, you may be right there. I can't remember. Uh, no. Oh, no, he is restricted. You're okay. right. Okay, okay. You're right. Um, so yeah, so there's always that chance of Phoenix offering it, um, and some, or some other team like Detroit yeah. or something coming Ooh. in and just betray Lyles, yeah. DeAndre Ayton front but court. We, we have, I mean, yeah, we, we actually wouldn't have as much cap if we had Sabonis. We'd still have enough to offer, um, we'd have a big DeAndre contract. Ayton. Yeah. But yeah, but then we wouldn't have anything for you, right? Devin or KJ or Trey or Primo. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we luckily they'd be on rookie deals where they have yeah. like a couple team options left. Mm-hmm. So Thank we'd God. like we'd have it for a little bit, but but that would really <laughs> slim down our depth. Really uh, eating into the luxury tax. Yeah, and and that too. Um so that would be cool though. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be mad at it. That's kind of how I feel about it, but I just I, I'm thinking about all the other things. Let's do it on 2K. See yeah. how it works. And and I think Greg says Bryn Forbes would come right back, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Steve Kerr 2.0. Imagine if we just, every year, we just sign Bryn Forbes and trade him for like a second round pick and he just comes back every I'm year. <laughs> I'm cool with this. Why just, not? Oh. Honestly, he could be, like, if we're contending in a couple of years, bring him back. Steve Kerr 2.0. Maybe he'll have a crazy series as like a really old bum off the, as our 13th man or something. 12th yeah. man. Okay, so we'll kind of wrap this episode up here. I was thinking uh, with with one kind of last trade rumor that we may have forgot, and that is Atlanta John Collins, which a lot of y'all are talking about in the chat right now. And I think, well, there was there was the news that the Spurs declined a trade for Jakob Pertl to the Bulls that was centered around a first round pick. Um, I think they can get a little bit more than that. So I was, yeah. that was actually one where it was like, okay, you're actually happy to hear the Spurs say no to the trade. Oh um, but another one that we've heard, and this kind of goes in with the Atlanta thing we were talking about a little bit earlier in the rodeo road trip sec- segment was season has not gone as planned. Um, it seems like there's a little bit of, I, I don't want to just say chemistry issues, but it seems like maybe the makeup of the team in Atlanta isn't, you know, super perfect personality wise. Um, and it seems like there might be a little bit of disgruntledness with John Collins. It seems like his name's in a lot of different rumors right now. And that's something where they've, there's been the prospect of John Collins, uh, and Jakob Pertl and that trade potentially happening. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously there'd be a little bit more pieces. Um, but you know, a trade centered around that. What do you think of it? I like John Collins. I said I wanted a trade for him, like as a sign and trade for Demar this past off season. I'm not crazy about the idea of giving up Jakob Pertl though for John Collins. 
because um, it kind of solves one problem, but then we just still have another glaring issue, which is we wouldn't have a center at all. Yeah. Like, we'd have Zach, but we don't know what Zach is at this point. Yeah, we can't rush him back, too. He's still in the minutes restriction. Yeah, so what are, what are we doing? We're going to start Hugo and split his minutes with, uh, <laughs> what's his name, Jock Landale? <laughs> We're going to start Eubanks again. Eubanks, yeah. Eubanks, uh, Eubanks, John Collins front court. For or even worse, we put John Collins at the five and put Kate Bates at do. the four. And, yeah, def- or put, just keep Doug at the four. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that. Because Jakob has done so much for us this this season. If we can get away with getting John Collins and keeping Jakob Pertle, then sure, let's do yeah. that. Because that, that just adds another layer to our team. And it fixes our problem of not having a really good four. Uh, get DeAndre Hunter. I'm not against that either. But I, I don't want to give up Jakob for, for John if that's like the, the crux of the trade. Yeah, I'm with you there. I just don't think that, like, with his... I mean, he's played well, but this this is where I kind of go back to our boy, uh, King J. And he said he said no to Collins, uh, yes to Simmons. So I think that, that was in regard to a conversation y'all were having earlier about Ben Simmons. But I would say no to Collins as well, kind of making sure that you keep that height because at that point, you'd be, you'd be kind of playing like the Rockets. I mean, you'd probably have to play John Collins at the five, and even if you don't play him at the five, then you're playing Eubanks or Jock off the bench or Thad. And we've yeah. seen how that's gone this year. So that would kind of, I feel like that would, what you're gaining, like it would be, what's the word? It would be neutralized uh, yeah. by just the bench lineup. <laughs> yeah, so. we're, gi- we're giving away a guy that can, def- that can hold down the paint and facilitate out of the post and get rebounds for a guy that can, score maybe a little bit better but other than that what does he do better than Jakob at this point in his career and to me not much maybe defend along the perimeter but I don't I just don't love it yeah I don't really love it either especially with the attitude conversation that was kind of happening a little bit earlier and there's it seems like there's a little bit of issues with John Collins there too so maybe that wouldn't be the best culture fit i think when you look at it initially it's like oh that would be cool but then when you actually think about it it's like no it yeah <laughs> yes yeah i think that's a good way to describe it um and hey uh, you, we're seeing a lot of love for Jakob in the comments right now and i know that we were we're pretty both of us were pretty like hey we'd take sabonis and deal Jakob. but i just want to reiterate kind of to end this episode off um Jakob has had a fantastic year this year and his stats don't even really like tell the story. I mean, we've been seeing him putting up 20 and 10 performances recently. Um, It's not pretty, but his offensive game has made strides this season on top of the way that he's been that defensive anchor, as we've mentioned so many times on the show. Um, So, I mean, I don't even know what he's averaging. I don't even need to know. But the point is he has really like, there's a reason that he's in a lot of these trade rumors because yeah. a lot of people love what he brings to the table. It, it really is similar to Rudy Gobert. It's not the same, but it's similar. And, and I think that's why he has so much interest um, around this time of year. He's a big difference maker for sure. Especially, I don't, I'm surprised a lot of teams in the East want him. Because a lot of teams in the West could use him to yeah. stop. I know I know they're not really in playoff con- like super playoff contention right now. But Anthony Davis and the Lakers, you got to stop AD. You got to stop Jokic. 
I guess the East people are thinking we're going to eventually have to stop Joel Embiid. And while Jakob Pertl can't do that, he is definitely an improvement over pretty much everybody else in the East aside from Joel Embiid, now that I'm thinking about it. Who's yeah. another center other than maybe Giannis, but he's really a power forward? On the East, I mean, I'd have to go through. Jared Allen. Yeah, you got Jared Allen. Um, I mean, yeah, Pascal Siakam's not a center. Mm-mm. Um, who am I think? I'm missing somebody on the Nets that I can't remember. They got uh, like L.A. and oh, and they have what's his name? Um, uh, Deron, Claxton. Yeah, they have Claxton. Um, who's the Hornets center? They you have know? P.J. Washington yeah. and Mason Plumley. Okay, and then there's Bam Adebayo. That's probably that's right. Bam. Bam. That's the for the Heat. Um, and then you got Vucevic on the Bulls, but the Bulls were still trying to trade for him. Yep, yep. Um, which is, you know, that's that's another testament. Um, but yeah, there really aren't that many. I mean, a lot. Of, I can see why a lot of teams in the East are calling for him because I'm looking mm-hmm. at it and it's kind of interesting. It's kind of funny because it's like the Spurs have to deal with so many. You know, you go to the West and it's like, okay, you got the Suns, even though he's out right now. You got Aiton, the mm-hmm. Warriors. Well, the Warriors are a little bit different, but it doesn't matter because you still have to deal with, you know, the big three, Steph and Clay, some of the, like one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams with the Grizzlies, Rudy Gobert with the Jazz, Chris Stapps with the Mavs, freaking... Um, Even Valich Jok- Junis. Yeah, yeah, Jokic with the Nuggets. You got Cat with the Timberwolves. I guess you don't have too much mm. with the Clippers. But then the Lakers, you got AD. I mean... Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> It's a very different landscape. I never that I think that's probably one of the more interesting conversations we've had on the show is like I've never really thought about that, but there's a big gap between the bigs in the east and the bigs in the west. So Yeah. Horford is another one over there for but he's kinda at the at the end of his career. And hey, I love the Shreveport legend. The Shreveport legend Robert Williams, aka Time Lord. I gotta give a shout out to him. Um but yeah. Uh, M easy. We'll, we'll end it off here. He says that he's still not the biggest Jakob fan. He's not afraid to say it. He's still fresh made me around the rim. We still make a big deal when he dunks. There's look, there's, there's things that he can definitely get better at. Um, and he does get bodied a lot. He does kind of have a thin frame, which I think that's why me and you, Ethan are a little bit more susceptible, uh, to the DeMontis Sabonis trade. Um, technically they're the same weight, but like, if you look at the pictures side by side, there's, there's, there's some more there's strength. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a difference, but in when it comes to their physical frame, um, so hopefully that happens. But even if it doesn't, you know, the it's good because Jakob's having a career year. Yeah. So, with that being said, y'all, um, I think this will wrap this one up. But before we go, want to tell you guys to head over to Spurs Tube TV. Ethan and I did a video just kind of talking about Ethan's was a little bit more realistic than mine. Mine was kind of a dream scenario. But we talked about um, if we could choose one player in the league uh, and who we would sit next to DeJounte Murray and pair him uh, with another star or all-star superstar level player. I think Greg... Uh, even mentioned it a little bit earlier in the chat so y'all can go check that out for sure um 
And also, you can go ahead and go to SpursTubeTV.com if you want to get some SSPN merch as well. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs if you want them. Uh, All of that stuff is over there. And if you want to stay updated on the show, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero and then at Jude McLaren, no underscores, no spaces. And then, of course, if you enjoyed today's show, Don't forget to like and subscribe. We appreciate you guys a lot. I know I said, you know, earlier I mentioned that we were just some random internet show and Eric was giving us love in the comments saying we're SS freaking PN. So all of you guys who show up to this and interact, we really appreciate y'all. And even if, you know, it's been a little bit more spotty since the second semester of school has started for us, we're not going anywhere. We're going to keep popping in. Um, and we just appreciate you guys a lot. Uh, and Nick says that we got him hyped for the Jalen Brown trade. He had a body mm-hmm. in his last game. I don't even remember who they were playing. Oh, it was Orlando. Yeah. And he just, and I mean, he had this look on his face. He didn't even say anything. And I, I get it. I get it, man. That would be awesome to see. But as the man, Michael service says, let's get a go Spurs, go chain. Appreciate you being in here, my man. And we'll catch you guys in the next one.